Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Okay, so good news is Northern Utah, we got a little water in the last couple of weeks. Bad news, the drought's not over yet as much as we want it to be. We're still dealing with the impacts. Yesterday, Weber and Davis counties announced that they would be shutting off their secondary water early. In fact, uh, some of them got shut off yesterday. So today we have Tage Flint. He is the CEO of the Weber Basin Water District, and he joins us to discuss the significance and what it means for each of us. So, Tage, what's going on there up in Weber and Davis counties? Hi, Mara. Uh, yes, we are. We are still experiencing the results of a two-year drought now that hit the Weber and Ogden rivers uh, as hard or harder than any place else in the state of Utah, and that's resulting into to uh, having early shutoffs across the board for for irrigation, whether that's secondary irrigation or for agricultural irrigation. And uh, but the dates are varying uh, throughout the month of September, depending on which company serves your home and how much water they have left. And you are correct; some of them have already shut off as of yesterday. So, just to be clear, that means if I if it's shutting off, I can't water my lawn, I can't water my trees or my fields, but I'm good to go indoors with my showers and my dishes. Yeah, absolutely. So, in Davis and Weaver counties, uh, particularly, their secondary water is the norm which means there's an untreated pressurized water source that comes to your gardens and lawns. Uh, that's separate from your drinking water sources. Uh, in no case uh, should there be any risk to your drinking water supply going forward. And we're talking about all the outdoor stuff, which is which is quite early for a termination date. And uh, but we're quite confident that the landscapes will make it through as well. Okay, perfect. So I need. I'm going to keep on that thought, though. I need you to pace me. I need you know. I'm like everyone else. We get a few days of rain, and I'm like, huzzah, we're done. So, what should we be looking for in the fall into the winter? And go so far as to tell us what we're looking for in next spring. Right. It's it, it is welcomed rain when we get it in August, like we have been getting. It really knocks our demands down for the water systems in Utah. But it doesn't really do much for our reservoirs, which is really uh, the the uh, facility from which we draw uh, throughout the season to uh, supply our water along the Wasatch Front. And uh, what it's going to take to get us back to out of uh, out of a uh, crucial and nervous situation is something well above average in snowpack this winter. Something like 150 to 170 percent is what we project we would need to get back into a normal situation. Knowing that that statistically is not all that likely, we are uh, cautiously going into next year with only a drinking water supply for northern Utah and knowing that uh, we might be back to some restrictions for irrigation next year. 
So what can I do now? What can I do now to save uh, and conserve more water now? Or maybe do you have anything that I can do with my lawn or garden on my outside um, plants and fruit trees and gardens to get them ready for maybe what is another dry year next year? Sure. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to all those who participated with us this year in northern Utah on the no more than two times a, year, a week watering. Mm, uh, yeah. That has meant a tremendous amount to our water supplies going into next year. And uh, those those brown and, and uh, golden lawns were badges of honor, as we see it, uh, for, for those who participated. And it with made us. a so, difference, right? You, you saw oh, that. Oh, huge. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, it, it made a big difference. Uh, it, it made up to about a quarter of all of our drinking water supplies next year. Uh, were saved because of, of that watering regime. So I'll also be congratulated. Going forward, uh, the hope is that uh, a little bit of water on trees and some crucial parts of the landscape between now and October is all that's needed. Uh, your your turfs and lawns should be fine from here on out without, without much water. And uh, our hope is that, that uh, then we finish out the season and uh, go into into next year. We're also hopeful that uh, folks will start looking at their park strips as something that they could remodel, if you will, to use a lot less water uh, next year and years beyond. And is it true that um, if you're interested, if you're one of those that have a strip of grass in front of your your house, if you're interested in maybe putting in more water-wise plants there, I understand there's perhaps some money available for that. Right. Uh, it, it, it varies from, from region to region, but uh, in general, uh, most of the water agencies now, the large water agencies have programs that will fund, uh, at least to a certain extent, the replacement of turf out of, out of a park strip. And as more and more cities come along with new water conservation ordinances, you'll see more and more of those programs be rolled out. And uh, for the first time, we'll be participating with you financially in uh, doing an alteration to your yard. And and it's probably not the last. So, okay, I'm going to ask you to go. So one of the things I have learned from those of you, those few of you that manage water resources, is that I'm really focused on this year or next year. But um, in talking to you, I I know that you're focused on 10 years from now and 30 years from now. So I want you to, again, help us balance how we're viewing the drought. We've got the drought this year, which I feel like what you and I have been talking about, the drought this year, which we hope is relatively, and we see some relief maybe through snowpack. But tell us how the state of Utah and those of you who manage our big reservoirs and our water storage facilities, how are you guys either changing your point of view or how are you preparing for maybe the new normal of a little less water? Right. It's important to note, and, and we're very hopeful on this point, is that, that this is a one in a 130-year event that we're living through right now over the last uh, 18 to 20 months, and that uh, statistically we ought to start coming back out of that uh, fairly quickly. And water systems are designed so that, that that shortage in those most extreme drought years will be experienced by the communities, and uh, that's all part of the plan. Uh, so that we're not we're not building too robust of a system at too high of a cost uh, to cover every single instance. So so this is is going along with what we had planned for a drought and extreme drought scenario. So, so having what, said that, oh go, ahead. oh go ahead. No go ahead. Oh, well, having having said that, the uh, the idea going forward is that that uh, we still are told by most everybody who projects population in the state that it will double again by 2070 or so. 
If that's the case, water demand will go up again. However, we think that these water conservation measures that we're that we're implementing will be our single largest water development project going forward. The water that we save, that you and I will use less of in the future, starts creating a block of water uh, to which we can supply the next generation of growth. So the so the best thing we can do right now is us, right? I mean, the, the biggest water project I hear you saying right now is just us being a little bit smarter, um, I, I a little bit seems to go a lot away in the in the land of water conservation. Right, and and the one the one thing we, we we repeat all the time is we're not advocating for you know a couple of uh, cow skulls and and cactus and gravel, <laughs> some tumbleweeds rolling around in your yard. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is there is a, a green and lush landscape out there that can be had and used somewhere around 50 to to 60 percent less water than we use now in our traditional yards in northern utah and and there's a long ways to go we demonstrate those that are the water district demonstration gardens and uh, really hope that going forward not only those of us who have yards will retrofit them but in the in the future growth uh, we institute these principles from the start so thank you so much a little less grass a little more blooming bushes tage thanks for the advice and the look ahead so up up next addiction has been in the minds this week as we have addressed overdose awareness day we're going to discuss what one utah city is doing to help people struggling with addiction stay with us two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the kabul airport there's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.